everyone back to another episode of the Southern Fries Pride Philosophy Podcast. It's two guys' take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. We're broadcasting from beautiful, historic downtown Concord in the HB5 studios. I've got uh, across the table from me, looking deep into my eyes, the beautiful, the Thanks one, the only, Mojo. <laughs> Well, welcome to another episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Guess what this week is? This week is St. Patty's Day. Let this the, play out a little bit. Love it. Yeah. The day, the day that uh, all of us are Irish for one day. St. Patty's Day parade and party has actually started in grand old New York, not Ireland. Ireland took a little while to catch up. They didn't have their first... Uh, official Irish uh, St. Patty's Day parade until, I think, 1901. Uh, my interwebs are down currently in the studio, so I cannot tell you that correct date. <laughs> but St. Patty's Day is recognized around the world, and guess what? The patron saint of uh, St. Patty's, or St. Patty, the patron saint of Ireland, is also the patron saint of several other countries, and also cities here in the United States, like New York, Boston, and a few others. I did not know that. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. So, uh, Happy St. Patty's Day, and also happy Ides of March. Beware of the Ides of March. That's one of the most famous lines from Julius Caesar's Shakespeare play. On this day, 44 AD, uh, Caesar was actually assassinated by senators uh, and Brutus. As a a funny joke for uh, um, the Ides of March, um, any salad could be a Caesar as long as you stab it hard enough. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Good one. Yeah, Good I'd on. like to introduce also our third host for the day, which is uh, my daughter. She's sitting uh, right beside me, and her name is Pootie, or uh, Nevea, <laughs> but we call her Pootie. Yeah. She's she's 13 years old, and she knows everything. So, um, yeah, I'm 40 years old, and I know nothing, evidently. So, uh, come and introduce yourself, honey. Yeah, scoot up to the microphone a little bit. Scoot up and say, introduce yourself. Say hello. Hey, I, I wasn't prepared for this. Okay. Well, how do you how do you prepare for something like this? <laughs> Fellow people on the interwebs, my name is Nevaeh McNeely, and I am your third host for today. Only for day for today. Yes, Maybe. I don't. I don't know. It's not an audition. You, you said that you're going to increase our listenership by 110. percent So if that happens, and obviously uh, you're going to be on the podcast from now on. Well, you have a paid position. I so. don't know if I can handle this anymore. I think <laughs> why, I'm retiring. Why is that? Because it's too stressful and it's too much work. Dear Lord, well, it's, I guess it's pretty much too stressful to clean your room and uh, bathroom at home too, right? Um, actually, it's not. Oh, yeah, okay. Anyway, guys, we appreciate you joining in as always. You can find us on Facebook at Southern Fried Philosophy. You can find us on the Instagram and Twitters at SFP Radio. Our website is www.southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Please go subscribe, um, write us a review, a rating. That's how we move up in the podcast world, and actually we're trending up pretty well as far as listeners. Please share our episodes. Um, your favorite episodes, go back and sh- share those with your uh, your friends on social media. That way they know about us. And uh, I'd like to say hello to our new listeners in Russia, the Netherlands, and Australia. So we appreciate you guys tuning in checking us out. Please uh, submit some questions or something you'd like to hear from a Southerner's perspective on Twitter or, like I said, you can email us through the website. Um, how you been doing, Jeremy? I'm uh, pretty great. As you know, last week I was pretty excited to uh, be going up on my adventure up to D.C. to see Bert. So how how was the uh, how was that? It was pretty awesome. Was it? It was pretty awesome. So he just did a, a special um, probably a month ago now, 
And so he did zero um, of his routine. Right. All new jokes, um, all just off the top of his head, everything from scratch. And it was pretty amazing to see. Did he talk, did he talk more about his, like his family still? Oh, his always. Kid and his kids, always yeah. with, the, with the family. Um, it, his daughters crack me up. He, uh, he was just in London a few weeks ago and um, got his uh, ears pierced because his daughter wanted to, but she didn't want to be the last one to go. Okay. So he did it with her. <laughs> oh Lord. Um so you know, just always always a good show with Bert. Um I think uh so the plan was for him to go on, um, do about an hour and fifteen. They were gonna give him the light about fifteen minutes before. Mm-hmm. Um they gave him the light five, six times. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. And then at one point he said, I see the light, I'm just going. And <laughs> he ended up going about two, two two fifteen. Oh wow. Yeah. So you get your money's worth. Definitely. Wow. Um I have no clue how he made it to Richmond for a seven o'clock show. Because uh, he didn't get out of there till at least two thirty, and if anyone up in the Northern Virginia area knows, the traffic from DC to Richmond is insane. Must have used a helicopter or something. I don't know. Yeah, but that, that 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 Beltway getting out of the Beltway traffic is horrible. It's bad. Yeah. So, how you be darn? I'm great, man. Um, but you know what does burn my biscuits okay. this week is a, uh, the I see an uptick trend in. The female bouffant uh, southern style hair. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This week I've spotted about eight of them um, coming out of CVS and also grocery stores. Oh, man. Um, that is an 80s haircut that needs to stay in the 80s. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you uh, just brought it back or if you just never got rid of it. Maybe but it's a coming trend for the race coming up here in a couple of weeks. It could be, but these women look like they live around here, and I'm kind of scared because <laughs> uh, that's the days of old Aquanet and uh, a lot of hairspray. So. Yeah, let's uh let's let's keep that in the past where it belongs. So that's just my opinion. In the um, past or eighties parties only, right? You know, eighties revival parties is it, a perfect match. Right. But uh yeah, so let's uh let's not keep that here, please. So, <laughs> do you have any wacky news this week? Um I have a, a quick little update to my wacky news from last week. So this um, is about the Joe Biden saga. About the Joe it's not saga. A great update, unfortunately. Uh, uh, so they've decided to take their divorce private. And uh, so we probably won't be getting any news. So no juicy nuggets. No. Week. So, so they, they agreed that it's better left. You mean the divorce of his first wife? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so, yeah, we unfortunately won't be getting. Uh, so is he, is he with his brother's wife still? Definitely. Definitely. Wow. So they, they've in the thralls of love. Yep. So that was uh, an unfortunate update for us. <laughs> Wow. Well, that that well, maybe I'm I'm sure we'll probably get some more fuel for the fodder there with a uh, uh, little Joe Biden son. So I'm sure he's he's not going away too much. So, do you have anything? Uh, any interesting school news that was funny this week? Give us the dirt. Uh, um, uh, no. No. Not really. Nothing no. happened. Yeah, I, I don't believe you. There's always <laughs> drama with you. So. Not really. I no, I've read your I've read your post before. I know how you think. So um, my my wacky news segment this week is probably the ultimate uh, trolling political prank in history. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm sure everyone has heard about Shia LaBeouf and his, uh, his live stream camera. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay. So uh, so for everyone out there, Shia LaBeouf has set up a, set up a live stream camera in New York where it was a 24 hour live stream. He was get out get out there and try to grab. Um, uh, some other listeners or some other people that were watching live stream, and the chant was "He will not divide us." And this came after uh, uh, President Trump's inauguration, um, 
it was set up for a few months in New York until I guess people started coming trolling it. Yeah. Um, I saw a couple of them. They were yeah. pretty good. Yeah, some of them were great. And you got to kind of give it to the props for the people out there speaking out in New York. So he moved it uh, two different cities and then uh, eventually canned that that uh, that project right there. But he, okay. he took the project. What he did was he put a flagpole up in, in the middle of nowhere. Right. And had a flag that said he will not divide us. Okay. Um, this flag will be flown 24-7 for the next four years until uh, President Trump is either voted out or whatever. Right. If he was reelected, then obviously to go for eight years. So Shia LaBeouf has set this live stream camera up. And it, it basically is a live stream, and this is just this flag's line. Okay. And uh, the people from 4chan um, set up a uh, expedition. And uh, 4chan, you're familiar with 4chan, I right? Am, I, I'm, I, am. I am not. Cause, okay. So can you explain to our listeners what 4chan is? It is um, it's, uh, the internet before the internet. Let's go with that. It's um, a, a message board where um, all internet thing, internet type things are created. Um, a lot of f- memes are from there and a lot of you know just internet I think, jokes. I think Pepe, Pepe the Frog was from 4chan, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's where it started, yeah, and before it got taken over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know that a lot of uh, 4chan has everything from liberals to conservatives to uh, libertarians yep. to um, even dark stuff. I mean, they I've, I've yeah. seen, you know, 4chan articles on 4chan about that. So anyway, there's anonymous uh, pro 4chaners. I think this is probably the same 4chan group that actually cracked uh, Hillary and Podesta emails. Okay. So anyway, these uh, this this group of 4chaners actually set up after – after viewing this live stream video for hours and hours and hours, they actually saw wind patterns and cloud patterns, and, and they actually mapped out. They kind of triangulated is. where it was, and also using flight patterns too. Okay. They would see three airlines crossing; they'd match, match it up to airlines crossing. <laughs> so they had anyway. They had this thing triangulated to where um, you know they had an an estimated idea where it was. So, so Shia LaBeouf had this um, was spotted actually in Greenville, Tennessee, okay. uh, eating at a local. So on March 8th, uh, Shia LaBeouf was actually spotted in a diner in Greenville, Tennessee. So people try to narrow it down. They're like, all right, it's, it's got to be Greenville, T- uh, Greenville, Tennessee, of course. And then some of the other 4chaners thought it was still in the Great Lakes due to the wind patterns. So anyway, some the 4chaners actually matched up the sunset patterns in Greenville, <laughs> Tennessee. So they're pretty clever, if you, yeah. if you can imagine. So they, they were triangulated, triangulated the, the location uh, with weather, airplane uh, or air flight, schedules the sunset and they actually used ancient astrological star maps <laughs> so anyway it's, it's amazing the things that they can do absolutely I, I, you know you got to be impressed yeah. I, you can't even be mad at this if you're uh, someone who doesn't approve right of uh, trump you can't even be mad at these guys if the you're, work that went into it yeah i mean it's just it's impressive these so guys, after they found it was there any well you get this okay even even when they narrowed it down triangle they triangulate triangulated it to a few mile radius yeah they had a local guy there in a pickup truck go around beeping the horn and trying to see if they could hear it on live stream. So once they had that, they even had it down even more. So they, they wow. spotted it. Uh, 4chan spot, uh, 4chan guys spotted it, posted it. So one night uh, they snuck up, I guess, all SEAL Team 6 and replaced the He Will Not Divide His Flag with a uh, Pepe the Frog T-shirt <laughs> and, a, and a Make America Great Again hat. Wow. So that was streaming uh, for quite a while, of course, uh, after uh, – Shia found that he cut the feet, and <laughs> right now there's just a feed that says uh, co- coming soon. Wow! So uh, 
but evidently this this legendary four uh, chan troll king now has this uh, he will not divide his flag in hanging his <laughs> in his uh his house as a trophy. So that's pretty amazing. Most elaborate prank ever. Yeah, I mean, you got you got to admit these guys. I mean, who would have ever thought about ancient astrological, right? You know, uh, star maps. The so. places that that people will go for that stuff. And I, I felt bad that used to when I used to put real estate signs in people's yards <laughs> or egg their house, I right? Mean, or right. toilet paper their house. I mean, yeah, that, that's that's pretty elaborate. So I thought that was funny, and I got a kick out of just reading the article. So, so along the same lines of uh, kind of internet trolls, um, did you hear about Bodie McBoatface this week? I don't even know who Bodie McBoatface is. So, do you know Pootie? She, yeah, she says no for their face. <laughs> so, um, Bodie McBoatface is. Um, a little thing that the internet came up with when um, people made the dumb decision to put out a internet poll to name so, like a, a ship or something like that, and of course the internet came back with Bodie McBoatface as their <laughs> uh, their proposed name for this ship. Right. Um, so the uh, I forget it was something in, with the Navy, some um, you know research mission or something like that, and they were going to name a submarine Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> And so the Navy stepped in and was like, we're not going to name it Bodie McBoatface. Why not? I, I don't know. It's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they, they ended up not going with the internet poll. They they did it themselves, or named it themselves. And then um, this week was the maiden voyage of that uh, submarine, and they had a smaller ship that went with it that they ended up actually naming Buddy McBoatface. Oh, really? And they showed it, and it went on its maiden voyage this week as well. So, well, so what, was the ship, awesome. what was the ship's name? I was just curious. I don't remember what they named the It's probably the Vladimir Putin. Yeah, something, you? you know, probably serious and not Bodie internet McBoatface, funny. yeah. But yeah, Buddy McBoatface was uh, trending all over Twitter, and it was a pretty good uh, pretty good thing. So, so um, evidently you never um, advertise that you want someone to help you name your... I don't understand Whatever why people is. think it's a good idea to put up polls to do things. Right. Uh, last year during the NHL All Star Game, we had um, a like backup defenseman mm-hmm. be- make the All Star team and be captain off of a player vote because some forum decided that they were going to take over this poll. Oh yeah. And just flooded it with votes for some backup, you know, guy, and it was a big deal. And yeah. now this, and I don't understand why people think it's a good idea. Hey, I guess when they want to leave it to the the fans to vote in or whatever, but you don't yeah. put that on the internet. No, not at all. Don't put that on. Someone's going to ruin it, yeah. Especially if it catches wind on social media, that'll yeah. The internet is why we can't have nice things. That's right. Also, <laughs> I want to offer apology out to our, all our listeners for the last four weeks, man. I, I went back and listened to the last couple of editings, and I sound horrible in my nasal <laughs> congestion. So it's uh it's uh, allergy season here, so. Evidently, Clarendon doesn't work for me right now, so I apologize to anyone listening out there. But uh, we're going to do uh, – I submitted a question through Facebook um, on my personal and also our, our Southern Fry Philosophy page and misheard music lyrics. Yeah, this is – I'm the king of this. Are you really? So, really, I didn't know that. <laughs> you, you sing like you know everything. <laughs> that's but, the uh, key, confidence. That's right. So um, give me give me some – Give me some of the more, more popular ones that you know the people submitted. So the one I've got queued up is my favorite one. Okay. And it's the one that I was singing incorrectly, and my wife called me out for it. Don't you hate that? Yeah. Party pooper. And as soon as she called me out for it and told me what the actual lyrics were, 
I was instantly angry because it made so much sense and mine was so dumb. So here's the song. It's big and rich. Uh, I won't tell you the title because that's the part that gets messed up. It don't matter where we're going Up on a mountain Down by the big side Till we find the love That we fell into So I went with I just want to run I just want to run away from you <laughs> I want to run away from you That's what I went with Oh, <laughs> Not I run want to run away with you Which is the name of the song Yeah that'd be so romantic <laughs> to run away from you and, and so now when we're in the car and that song comes on I sing it very loud So that was, uh, that was my favorite Big and rich um, Yeah it's a good one um, Let's see I've got This is the um, the favorite that was up For our users Yeah, Not this one Sorry about my lack of technology use. <laughs> this one, I think you had six, seven, eight um, posting all about this. Okay. Oh, yeah. Hold me close, I'm tired of dancing. They all went with Tony Danza, which is, I mean, makes sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? It's Tiny Dancer. It I, is Tiny I always Dancer by Ellen John. Yeah, I always thought it was tired of dancing. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of horrible. So that was another good one. Um, let's see what else I've got on here. Oh, yeah. Rich Girl was one. I remember when my dad would play this in the car yeah. growing up. Of course, we grew up in a very evangelical church, so... Um, the word I thought they were saying was the B word. Oh, okay. And um, yeah, that, I, I always always sit there and kind of grimace with my face every time the song was <laughs> or the, the word was said because I was like, "Dad, I can't believe I, I cannot believe you're letting this slip through." So let's see where I'm trying to find the uh, comment where um, they said this one. I can't find it right now, but um, some of the other ones that are on here were um, well, you said that was yours, right, yeah, Rich Girl? Mine. Yeah, okay. Um, some of the other ones were Flat Bottom Girls. Yep, yep. Uh, fa- she was thrilled when she found out it was Fat Bottom Girls. <laughs> Pretty good. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess it'd be kind of hard for Flat Bottom Girls to rule the world. <laughs> yep, another Tony Danza. Um, some of these make me feel fine. I don't know what, they didn't say what it was supposed Summer, to be. Summer Breeze. Oh, yeah. Summer yeah. Breeze. Oh, some yeah, of these. instead yeah. of some of these. Okay. Uh, tear in my beer instead of tear in my ear is what she thought it was. <laughs> so that was a good one. Uh, my favorite a one a a one a Detroit Avenue. Yep, yep. Instead of Beachfront Avenue. Yep. Um, here's one that was submitted on behalf of uh, our our third host here. Oh yeah. Uh, the wreckers leave the pieces. Yep. Uh, she thought it was leave the pizza. Leave the pizza. Yeah. Yep. yep. I, I, I thought it was too. <laughs> actually, I think actually Nevea. Yeah, that's right. That's the third host. Actually, uh, Devea used to sing that to the top of her lungs. Yeah. Pooty, aka Pooty. Um, she used to, she also sing, used to sing like several Christmas songs. Yeah. That were like, I can't remember now, but my wife would be better off with that. But just to miss her lyrics, <laughs> even my youngest now, four years old, she does that too, and it's just it it makes you giggle. And I I never correct them just because it's too cute. So. Yeah. You can't. What else we got? Um, here's another one of mine. So when I um, 
was listening to this song. I was, let's see, this song came out in probably around 91. Mm-hmm. So I would have been maybe seven or eight. Okay. Maybe a little younger. Um, and I this is the first um, uh, cassette that I had. Cassettes. Yeah. Only cassette that I ever had. Okay. Here we go. See if you, right. See how many notes it takes you to figure this one out. Oh, I saw the sign. <laughs> I yep. thought it was, I saw the sun. And I was like, <laughs> why is she opening up her eyes when she sees the sun? It makes no sense. Oh, man. I remember the song. <laughs> Do you remember the song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. She remembers it. 91. <laughs> I know it. I think this was actually at my, let's see, eighth grade dance. So I'm a little bit older than you, but uh, yeah. So, and then this is the last one I have queued up. Um, I she didn't say what uh, lyric she got wrong. I don't think. Oh yeah, but no, was, I, I remember. I get weak, or yeah, I get weak by Belinda Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Oh, she thought it was I eat wheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> this brings back so many memories though. I was taking karate lessons at the time when the song came out. Um, do you have, what year was this, approximately? Was I born yet? 86, I bet. So, no. No. Because you weren't even a <laughs> I was thought, 87. You weren't even a thought in your parents' eyes. Yeah. So, those are, those are the well, ones hold on. that I've got. We got we, you got more? We, yeah, we got we to gotta look up uh, one okay. for me. This is the last one. Let I that promise. play in the background while we look oh, it okay. up. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Good uh, mood music. See, Secret Agent Man. It's an oh. old, old song. Yes. And I used to love the song. And the singer is actually great. I can't remember off the top of my head because my, my dad all, would listen to classic yeah. uh, radio. And it, was, it would come on. Get ahead a little bit. This one? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the, who's the artist on this? Uh, Johnny Rivers. Yep, yep. Here we go. Everybody knows this chorus. Asian man. So it's funny that you uh, you brought this one up, and uh, that's what you thought was wrong. Right. Here's another. This is by Da Vinci's Notebook. (laughs) I'm lost. Oh, wait for it. Oh, I thought that was coming into it. That'll be the... Who's the band on this? This is uh, Da Vinci's Notebook. They do, like, parody songs. Okay. I don't know if this is the group from Carmen, uh, Carmen San Diego. <laughs> Asian man. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I didn't. I never heard of Da, da Vinci's Notebook. Oh, or... they do some good ones. Do they really? You definitely got to listen to it. it they do... Um, a lot of really funny, like like I said, just parody songs. Okay, so like the, they're like the uh, court, they're like the acoustical quartet, like Weird Al Yankovic. I yeah, um, they've got you know a couple good ones. Um, one about throwing his computer off a lead or off a building. And, okay, you know it's just great CD. You definitely got to listen to it. So, Pooty, you have any songs that you've misheard lyrics to? Not that I can remember. Like, you said you do it all I the know, time, but like I can't, I like I can't think of it like right now. Why is that? I don't know. I just can't. Like, if you had told me about this, like, earlier, I could have been like, oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, like, 
No, I don't. Because, like, I've learned the actual lyrics of the song. So. What? What's the Christmas tree? The, the Christmas song you used to miss? I don't know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, guys, you still can submit your misheard uh, lyrics to our Twitter and also our Facebook. So that will still be open for a while. Just, I think it's funny because, you know, you get so. You'd be driving down the street, you know, you just sit, the song comes on, you're oh, yeah. singing like crazy. And, you know, in the car or the shower, and all of a sudden you just bust you out just the You just got to have confidence and go with it. That's and right. Roll with it. I think I did, uh, uh, what was it? Um, the Abercrombie and Fitch LFO. Uh-huh. Abercrombie and Fitch. I know I messed that one up a lot <laughs> back in the day. So. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with our uh, interview segment. We have Lainey George from RedeemingJoy.org. Uh, it's an uh, organization that helps rescue women and give them restore some possibility and hope in their lives uh, that are victims of uh, sex trauma, uh, sex trafficking. So anyway, listen, listen uh, in on the interview. I think you'll find some interesting points. If you know me, Biggin, you'll know I'm crazy about Kentucky and bourbon. So what happens when you throw coffee beans in a bourbon barrel? It's pure magic. I stumbled upon Kentucky nose bourbon barrel coffee a few years ago during a trip to Lexington, and it was love at first sip. From the heart of a true craftsman comes the unique combination of coffee and bourbon. Do yourself a favor and check out KentuckyNose.com to get the finest bourbon barrel coffee the bluegrass has to offer. Check out KentuckyNose.com. You can also check out his new store at 337 West Broadway Street if you're just hanging around Frankfort, Kentucky. It's a new store. It's supposed to be really awesome. So go check it out, KentuckyNose.com. Welcome back to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. This is our interview segment. Today we have Lainey George. She is the uh, uh, president and founder of Redeeming Joy. Uh, Redeeming Joy is an organization here in Concord, North Carolina, just outside of Charlotte. Lainey started this organization, um, and I'll, I'll let her get into more of her story. Um, but basically what it does, it helps women who are being sex, sex trafficked, um, a.k.a. slavery. Let's call it for what it is. We're going to kind of get a little discussion about this Um like I said, we're based out of the Charlotte, Charlotte area. And one day Lainey and I were having a conversation and she said a couple of the biggest days actually in Charlotte for sex trafficking is uh, the main sport events. And of course we have Coca-Cola 600 coming up in uh, I think two weeks. So I kind of want to get her on the show and just talk about that and kind of just bring more to light because this is really just an issue that it should be a hot button issue, but I don't think mainstream uh, media media has really pushed it. They've had some documentaries here and there, but um, this is actually becoming a growing problem. Uh, modern day slavery here in, in in America, which is basically through sex workers. So, uh, welcome to the show, Lainey. Thank you for having us. So let's get started. Um, so obviously, you started this organization. Um, it's close to your heart. It's your ministry. Why did you want to start it? Good question. Um, I'm extremely passionate about this. Um, I was trafficked from 3 to 17, um, oftentimes right along my mom. Mm -hmm. I was in and out of foster care. Um, I got out at 17, but I was far, far from free. Um, At 17, I got out, and I swore I would never speak about it again. Um, And it was basically unattended wounds, basically eat you alive. And so the shame got to the place that... um, I tried to take my life again in my 30s, and I just remember screaming out to God and going, God, I'm, I'm angry, first of all, because I couldn't even successfully kill myself. And so I said, you know what, God, either you let me die this time or you set me free because I, I, I can't live this way anymore. And so God did just that. Obviously, I'm here talking to mm-hmm. you. and um, But it was a journey. It, was a, it took quite a bit. 
Um, and then as I'm going through my healing, at this point I don't even know what trafficking is. Um, I think I pretty much believed what everybody else did, that we're kidnapping kids and chaining them up and they're coming from other countries. And so um, I began helping in another organization. And my role at that time was to help rescue these women. And then I would stay at nighttime with them in hotels and we would be looking for places to place these ladies. And um, I'm helping one lady in particular at this point, And I've called every house in the United States. I've called into Canada. And there's absolutely nobody, no place for these ladies. And so I'm kind of getting aggravated and irritated. And um, so I have this conversation with the Lord, and I'm fussing and arguing and, um, again, maybe angry, and uh, realizing that there's no placement. And so I'm going, God, there's you've... Um, You've not given me any tangible hope to give this lady. There's not a house in the United States. And he goes, sure there is. And I'm like, seriously? Have you not seen what I've done for the last four days? He right. goes, um, um, I think your house. And I'm like, okay, pump your brakes, Lord. Um, <laughs> I've got a family and all of this. And so um, I asked my husband if she could come over, this lady that we were helping, for dinner. And, uh, of course, he said yes. And... So we have dinner as a family. She goes outside to smoke a cigarette. By the way, they almost all smoke Newport 100s in a box. So um, That's that's kind of a crazy coincidence. (laughs) It is. So I kept Newport 100s in my glove box all the time. If you ever want seven minutes of undivided attention from somebody, have Newport 100s. So she goes outside, smokes her cigarette, and my husband asks me if I had a question for him. And I'm like, why, I do. (laughs) And so I asked if she could stay there. And um, so he had said, God had told him the night before that we were going to open our home for her. So we dumped everything into that and started providing these services for these ladies. Wow. Yeah. So So, um, go back to, let's just define sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Let's do it in layman's terms and not much more of a, not really a legalistic term or what or law or law enforcement would use so let's use what a basic term what sex Mm -hmm. trafficking is i love that you said slavery because that's exactly what it is we've got more people enslaved today than we've ever had in the history of the united states what's this what's the estimation right now last year was estimated about three hundred thousand lives domestically so we're talking about united states domestic lives were trafficked in the united states just just citizens just u.s citizens wow um, and I've been doing this for 15 years, not necessarily knowing what this work was, um, and I've only had domestic citizens. Um, I was born here in the United States, just in case everybody wonders. Right. Um, and so, um, so basically what you're doing is you have somebody that uses force, fraud, or coercion. Um, I've helped over 200 women. So we're using force, fraud, or coercion to get these ladies into this life, and it's um, having them perform a sex act. Um, it's not necessarily just the performance of sex. It could be a sex act. It could be pornography. Um, and you do it for exchange of something of value, whether it's money, whether it's shelter, whether it's food. Drugs. Um, protection. Drugs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and usually it's that guy's too. I'm going to protect you, you yeah. know. And um, and then you've got them enslaved. So um, when I didn't tell you part of my story, 2012, I went back to Florida, which is where my trafficking happened. And rescued my mom, who at 47 was still, yeah, still enslaved in it. Um, You know, by the time you're 47, this is all she's done. Yeah, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's other psychological terms out there like uh, Munchausen or Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of the other terms now where basically you start to uh, relate to your Mm -hmm. captor Mm -hmm. and you really honestly believe that they are 
they have the best interest at heart for you. Right. So, it's trauma bonding. That's right. You love these people. I mean, right. in all reality, they are giving something that you need. Right. Um, but unfortunately, it's not a safe, it's sure. not met safely. So, you know, and oftentimes people think, you know, that these are the less fortunate or druggies and whatnot. Um, but I've helped pastors' kids. I've helped, you know, um, kids that have been on a roll their whole high school careers. Um, so it's it, it's not a it's not a poor urban absolutely thing. Not. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's probably what a lot of people think is a stereotype. Is it's probably uh, I'll be I'll, I'll be bold enough to say it's probably a predominantly black, mm-hmm. it's predominantly uh, really uh, uh, inner city problem, low mm-hmm. economic, and um, like you said though, it's just everyone from uh, all kinds of spectrum and background. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be two parent home, it could be a single parent home. It doesn't really discriminate. It's not so, a respecter at all. So for uh, for the most cause, I mean, what what do you think attracts most women or a, even men mm-hmm. to this? I mean, is this is this more just because they're they've had some type of broken aspect of their life and they're searching for something? And this happens to be a, a a field to avoid. I mean, what 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 bri- uh, what drags men and women into this? Right. Um, statistically, it's ninety four percent women, so that means six percent are men. Okay. Um, and I often say it is abuse of vulnerability. Um, I don't necessarily think vulnerability is a weakness. I think if we don't know what our vulnerabilities are, it then becomes a weakness. Well, people, people can exploit them. And That's they right. prey upon it, and mm-hmm. they do just that. Um, so, you know, while we help women over 18, where that vulnerability happened and where that trauma began usually is very young. Um, so I, I love to give a visual example of putting two wrists together and telling the story of somebody and using tissue paper to wrap um, chains around their wrists and I use vulnerabilities um, and the vulnerabilities could be they want to be wanted you know so for me having been in foster care you know I just wanted to belong I wanted to know somebody wanted me you know and when a man's you know telling you as a young child that I love you and mm. then in exchange they're in the sex act you know I'm quickly learning that the value of who I am is my body and so unfortunately we live in a society that places a value on women's bodies um, um, I'm not sure what all I could say, but we, well, it's a, it's a sexual market value. Absolutely. Basically what it is. And, uh, also not only you have that component, but like you said, though, hearing those words, I love you now is distorted. Mm-hmm. You now associate this, this act, this uh, aggressive, um, noncompliance act upon you mm-hmm. now is what I love you. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I guarantee you like, uh, um, an addict who has a warped sense of a normal relationship. Um, this has to, this had to be a big transition mm-hmm. out of this. I'm sure most of the women have to get this as far as finding a, some type of normality, what we would consider normality. What are the biggest hurdles that you see for the most of these women that are coming out and probably what, what's also the, uh, um, the recidivity rate as far as a lot of these women, I'm sure a lot of them go back to it. It's just like the prison, prison syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got to identify who they are and them have a true identity of who they are. And it's very similar to addicts. We're having to go, what was the trauma mm-hmm. that made you believe that you were something of less value, that you could do this? Um, we're often having to overcome addictions. We're one of the few homes in the United States. Um, there's 150 beds to offer services to these women, only about 70 that offer substance abuse support with it. A lot of mental health issues, you know, a lot of trauma. Almost every woman we've helped has PTSD. 
um, someone who's got sexual trauma is four times likely to get um, PTSD than someone who's gone off to war. Um, and we don't tend to recognize right. that. So, you know, our biggest hurdle is I, them walking away knowing who they are. You know, one of our goals at Redeeming Joy is, you know, first of all, we loan them hope until they can have a hope of their own. But we want them to leave Redeeming Joy knowing so confidently of who they are that if that rug get pulled out from underneath them again, they're not going to go back to this life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes that takes a community of services. It takes um, it takes <laughs> it takes a long journey of right. just speaking life and truth into their lives. Right. What do you think the recidivity rate is right now that you've seen, or even statistics? I'm sure you've it's got conferences. High. Yeah, it's pretty high. Um, we've been fortunate enough that we've um, we've had two ladies return back into the life. Um, but my hope is they continue to have a relationship with me. So. Well, you put, you put, I'm sure you planted seeds too, mm-hmm. so that's good. Uh-huh. Um, now you said that there's 300,000 domestically. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Also, the international, oh, it's, it's triple, quadruple, oh, yeah. ten times, We're in the millions. I mean, because and you know, for anyone who may be listening that doesn't realize that most of these Asian massage parlors are have, I'm sure, pretty much all 100 percent staffed mm-hmm. with sex trafficked workers. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, also up in north, like in uh, New York, um, New Jersey, I know a lot of it's Russian controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is just from my travels as far as uh, when I was a chef and stuff like that. So uh, just conversations I've had with people that, you know, these massage parlors are just a front for sex trafficking. Absolutely. So, um, and of course, there's probably other mountains of disgusting things on uh, the dark web. Absolutely. So, but we have in plain sight these massage parlors. Mm-hmm. We also have in plain sight with escort sites, back page, Craigslist. What can we do as a community to help squash this? I mean, not, not coming from a condemning hand, but from a, from a hand of hope. I mean, because um, I think a lot of times Christians, members of church, um, members of charity, you, you have a tendency just to, to, to burn the business down. And, but you have you know, the humanity level part of it. Uh, there are human faces in there that are basically victims. They may not know it, but they're victims. Right. So what what do we need to do as a community to help get these women out or, or help rid this problem? Right. You know, first of all, we've got to change the status quo. Right. That men are success objects and women are sex objects. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about value earlier. We had a lady um, who we were helping, and she goes, Lainey, you know, I want to get out of this. I know I need help. She goes, but I'm, I've become addicted to the money, and there's – there's a lot of money in this. Um, it's a $32 billion industry. That's like a... How much? $32 billion, wow. Like with a B. That we know of. Right. <laughs> and ironically, um, these guys don't really keep good records. So these, Imagine that. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? So they probably don't have an accountant paying taxes, I'm sure. They're not. Um, and so this lady goes, Lena, I know I'm addicted to the Monday money. And she goes, the unfortunate thing is I know I hold an abundance of cash between our le- my legs. And, you know, and it, it hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm yeah. like, I can't deny that. I, so I walking have, ATM almost. Right. And so I've got to, I've got to convince her that the value of who she is is greater yeah. than that value. So once we've got to begin with changing that status quo. Um, oftentimes I give a visual where I put a, a column with Lainey as 10 years old, and I ask people to look up adjectives. And I get things like, you know, I think of her as abandoned and neglected, and um, I feel sorry for her, and I've got all these adjectives. But then if I were to put on the other column the word prostitute, you know, then I start getting these other words that aren't as pretty. And, mm. you know, when I ask people what's the difference between the two of them, you know, the only difference, honestly, is age. You know, so one of the first things that we've got to do 
as a community is to look at these people as people that are wounded, that there's something behind there. They're not going to self-identify, and so they're not going to be running to us and asking us for help. Um, another thing we need to do is we've got to curb our pornography. Actually, we need to end our pornography. Um, this is an entry way into all of this. I, at no point in my life was pornography not a part of my childhood and growing up. It's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, and we've got to be speaking the value into our, our daughters and our sons, you know, that who they are is greater than these values that we don't want them doing certain things. You know, we've got values that we don't, we don't drink and do drugs. We've got values that we want them to don't get, drink and drive, don't drink and drive, you know, don't text and drive, don't text and drive, you know, or don't, don't send nude pictures across your yeah, text either, yeah, which is a big problem now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but it, we also have got to equally let them know that who they are is greater than that. Mm-hmm. And that if something happens, you know, they can come to us. You know, we, we talk about values, you know, often in the church, we've got, we don't want you drinking, obviously good values. These aren't bad values. You know, we want you dressing modestly. We don't want you to have sex until you get married. Um, and so while these are great values, you've got, say, let's, let's say a 14-year-old, because the average entry age is 12 to 14. You've got a 12, 14-year-old, let's say 14, let's say 13, for kicks and giggles. You've got a 13-year-old that goes to a party at the youth group, and mom and dad are upstairs. It's down in the basement, and you forget that the alcohol is there, and so they start drinking the alcohol, just exploring. And next thing you know, you've got somebody drunk, and you've got a young man who ends up raping, let's say, a young lady. Um, This young girl has gone down and maybe didn't wear what mom and dad said. She's now drank. Now she's had sex before she got married. The likeliness of that young lady going home and telling mom and dad is slim to numb to none. Slim to none and slim (laughs) to slip town. Yeah. And so, you know, the... How easy for her the next step to go when a guy goes, you know what, baby, you can make money doing this. It's, it's nothing at this point because there's nobody for her to run to and ask for, for help. So we've got to be speaking value in life into the lives of those that we're responsible for. Um, and we've got to <laughs> we've got to go to these people, and we've got to be there. We've got to build a relationship. Um, you know, going back and rescuing my mom took years of building a relationship. You know, it was going to the strip club. It was loving her where she was at and not not judging her, but looking beyond what she was doing and seeing what that real need was. And I think I think you just I don't I mean to stop you there. I think there's something that you just said. We gotta love them where they're at. Mm-hmm. We got we gotta stop this mentality of people gotta come to us. Mm-hmm. So um I really like that. Yeah. You guys have a question, Jeremy? Um I was wondering about um kind of how seeing it out in public stuff like that mm-hmm. i know i saw you know around the time of the super bowl that they were training a lot of the flight attendants to see it going into that and you know um like i said we've got the coca 600 coming up so is there stuff we can look for um kind of stuff like that yeah um first of all it's it's a market mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we've got supply and demand and so we've got a lot of people so it's not the event it's the fact that this event brings lots of people um you know, when we've got a young girl um, with a much older man, these are questions I would be asking, you know, why is that? We've got a national hotline that if you suspect any of this, report it. I'd rather people report it 100 times and be wrong 100 times than sure. not report it once. Go ahead and give that number Absolutely. up. Um, I wish I had. It is 1-888-373-7888. Awesome. 
we're, we'll repeat that in the yeah. end of the show, yeah. but also mm-hmm. we'll uh, put that in the show notes too. So mm-hmm. if you're uh, look on your iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, you should have that, that in the show notes and links. And we'll also have links to uh, Laney's website also. Um, you're going to look for someone that's avoiding eye contact. If you have conversation with somebody, so you're suspicious of something and you do engage conversation, she's going to be looking down and maybe not paying attention to you. You're going to have the, the gentleman usually speaking for her. Mm. Um, she's not going to feel the sense that she can speak. Maybe not even knowing where she is. You know, so many times I've helped women and I'm like, where are you? And she goes, I don't even know where I'm at. Oh, you wow. know, So, yeah. you know, asking some of those questions. Um, seeing, you know, if this is somebody we know personally and all of a sudden they've got um, more expensive clothing, more expensive purses, two phones, those are things that, those are new behaviors. Where is that coming from? Where is that, what's providing that um, income? Um, somebody that's not going to leave their side. So we've worked with organizations during NASCAR and we've helped with the training um, and it's been great to see um, them kind of learn these skills and be able to call us and go hey is this somebody and we can go there and um, help them and offer them our services um, the the men usually won't leave their side they're not going to be free to go by yes, themselves. Or merchandise yeah. mm-hmm. so you know the one lady that we have spotted at a big event here in the community um, he wouldn't even leave her when she went to the restroom. He's standing on the outside oh, of wow. the restroom. And yeah. it's not the sweet boyfriend that's holding your purse while you go to the restroom right. mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, um, you know, there's things that our gut tell us something's not right. We've just kind of shut that down. Um, you know, and I was speaking earlier today, and I said, you know, I'm beginning to get frustrated, and rightfully so, that I'm 10 and 12 years old at the strip club. Why did nobody notice? Why did nobody say something? Right. Um, and I, I hope that doesn't become our community. I hope we... I think a lot of it goes back to what you first said, though. Shame. Mm-hmm. Shame is a heavy burden. I mean, you have the shame of the... Uh, like, for example, the strippers. Mm-hmm. You have the shame of the, the men and women coming in to patronize. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I've been to strip clubs, I, I admit, and it's a lot of single seats and a lot of single, uh, single tables. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people there for one reason only, and it's to view and to partake. So... I think shame is on both sides there. And um, maybe if they did notice a kid, they probably wouldn't report it just because uh, their wife or spouse or loved one didn't know they were there. So I read a piece today, basically says uh, 2014 and 2015, they were averaging about uh, 400 arrests for sex trafficking. Um, allegedly, I haven't seen this where they get, where they put the statistics together, but it comes from a pretty reliable source. Since January 20th, new administration came in, until February 23rd, there's actually been over 1,500 arrests. So what, what do you got to say about that? Um, we're paying attention to it. <laughs> you know, and as a survivor, I'm hearing somebody's listening to my cry. Good. You know, and so it's what we're, what we're also doing is communi- communicating that there's value to these lives, um, that we're, we're going to protect them. And so I'm encouraged by that. I'm encouraged by some of the money that we're beginning to pour in to provide the services for these ladies. Um, You know, while we can prosecute the men, and we need to continue doing that, we need to um, also realize that, you know, they may serve a sentence, which it takes a lot to get to that point, but they'll serve a sentence, and their sentence is done. But the women who've survived this, it's a a lifelong scar. It really is. You know, I'm almost 45 years old, um, have gotten lots of great counseling but i you know i still have night terrors i still have ptsd you know i usually got my service dog with me because of the anxiety and stuff um but i know that i know 
that. And you probably read your signs too. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, the, the site that I read this off of is not exactly a uh, water toting uh, for the Trump administration. So um, I was very encouraged to read that. And um, maybe, like I said, maybe these people are actually starting to uh, recognize the law enforcement and everything else like that. Uh, the, like you said, though, um, I'm sure part of that 1500 was not 1500 pimps. Okay. 1500 you know the traffickers i'm sure probably that was you know the women themselves too so Mm -hmm. um how do we differentiate that you know when they do these mass arrests Mm -hmm. um, because i've seen on tv you've seen on cops where they'll go in and or sting like a local hometown just has a sting and i think they prayed it out 60 60 people 60 faces you know Mm -hmm. so you have you have the johns the pimps and the girls Um, how do we how do we separate those off to where the women you know may not necessarily spend time behind bars for solicitation prostitution because if they're usually with a pimp, there's a reason why. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, we've, we've got to recognize them as victims, you know, first of all, and we've got to offer more services to them because, you know, if we aren't helping them figure out why it is that they're feeling like they must be enslaved to this or list or have a captor force them to do things they didn't want to do. um, We've got to help them have a way out. We've got to provide, provide a way out for them. Um, but we, they can't be the victim. We've, we've got to identify them as a victim of this and offer them the services so they don't continue to be a victim. Sure. So I've seen some stuff with, um, like legalized prostitution. Some people have that, like, you know, argument and want to go that way. Is that something that would make things you think would make things worse, better? Absolutely make it worse. There's absolutely no protection. And, um, I, I think, I think we're just justifying the sale of sex. Right. And we're we're missing a big thing that this no life should be forced to have sex. Yeah. Um, you know, there's plenty of proof to show too that that only makes it worse. Yeah. The you know the arguments always that they can be regulated and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but it didn't you know see as essentially. My problem is how do you regulate somebody raping you? Yeah. Over and over. For over. sure. It's not consent. Yeah. I don't know of any kindergarten class where the little girl goes, "Oh, I want to grow up and be a prostitute." Right. Um, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Something is, something's leading them to believe that there's no other option to do this. Well, you have these shows like Cat House on TV that kind of try to glorify that side of the industry. Mm-hmm. You know, you also anytime you see a documentary about Amsterdam, mm-hmm. I mean, it's <laughs> they try to glorify the red light district. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's. Uh, you mean you got to realize you go to bed wondering who's going to be touching you, who's. You know, you get done with one of these services and one of these acts, and you you get into the shower and you just can't clean it off. Yeah. You know, that's that's not the kind of job that you're like, oh yes, I want to wake up tomorrow and start this all over again. Sure. Um, it's it's not it's not a it's not a job that you. Uh, I mean, you have a prospect of a future. You know, you, you you do have glass ceilings there. I mean, you do. It's not like you have a retirement fund, four hundred one k. So obviously, this isn't a job that you would seek. Right. And you, you usually end up dying of some kind of something from this. Disease know? or drug my, addiction. Overdose. My mom died way early. You know, next to our homeless people, the next people that we see in our morgues, the highest number are, are women who've been prostituting. Wow. And unfortunately, they're not identified either. So they're, you know, these are our women that we're forgetting about them, and that's not acceptable. <laughs> no, especially in our society where, um, especially for the last, I think, two or three years, you've had, you've heard nothing but the the cry of feminism you know the, mm-hmm. the march of march of women and uh these past marches a day without women um but you never hear anything about the sex sex trafficking there or the sex sex crimes per, are perpetuated 
in the uh, name of um, some type of a, a underground economy. That, that's what disturbs me as a man is that the least of the least of ours aren't spoken for. Right. They're 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 chastised, and here we are worried about certain services that may not be provided mm-hmm. to some incomes. So anyway, that just that, that's a tangent that we probably want to go down. But but um, that's that's what troubles me is that we should be speaking up for these women. So. And they're not going to speak up for themselves. You know, for myself, by the age of seven, I knew my voice was gone. Nobody was going to listen. Nobody's going to stand up for me. You know, and that side of how we describe prostitutes here in our society, mm-hmm. at seven years old, I didn't look at that list on the left. It was the list of, you know, I'm worthless. I'm scum. I'm a whore. Those Trash. words yeah. that we use over and over, you know, by seven years old, that's my identity. Um and you could tell me till I'm blue in the face, but I'm doing the same thing that these 25, 26-year-olds are doing. Um, so, yeah, you've defined who I am by defining that. Right. Yeah, I mean, let's just call it for what it is. It is uh, slavery, and it's also pedophilia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's, a, it's just a dark, dark industry that um, I've had this on my heart since we met mm-hmm. to do this episode um, just because it, this is the – the women of the night that are the, the people of the night that in the shadows that no one really sees, that people drive by, people walk by, they just don't notice. I really hope that we can find a way as a community, as a culture, to help stamp this out. So, Is there anything else that we you know, wouldn't think of or haven't thought of that you, you know, kind of want to put out there? You know, I, I think just placing dignity and human value back into yeah. lives. You know, I think you said it right when – when we can overlook a human being, you know, when it's a felony to do some of these acts to an animal, but it's not a felony to the life of a human being, those are things. I think, and it, but, you, but also, and I'm not, <clears throat> and I, I'm not trying to demean or take away from anyone, but we have disabled people's rights. We have autism speaks, you know, support mm-hmm. groups. We have all these support groups, but like you said, for the voiceless. For the people that are in the dark, you don't hear people speaking out about that. So, hopefully, we can bring some light to that. Um, the best best disinfectant is light, as they say. Laney, we appreciate you coming in today. Um, I'm gonna plug your website. It's redeemingjoy.org. That is R E D E E M I N G J O Y dot O R G. You can also follow uh, them on Facebook and also on the Twitter. Laney George, we appreciate you coming in. Give us a contact number for any uh, that number again, if you'd like to. Sure. The National Human Trafficking Hotline is 1-888-373-7888. Thank you, Laney. We appreciate you coming in. Well, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. Once again, you can go to redeemingjoy.org. Uh, you can donate there also for any projects that Laney has coming up and also any needs um, that her rescue house may need. Please check us out on uh, Southern Fry Philosophy on Facebook www.website is www.southernfriedphilosophy.com. You can check us out on Twitter at, at SFP Radio and also Instagram, the same handle. Go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Uh, give us a rating, a like, a share, a review, subscribe, whatever you want to do. Did we get a Pinterest board set up yet? Not yet. We do we need on one? I think, I think we do. What are we going to pin? Like recipes? I don't know. Figure it out. You just got to get on there. I don't, I, don't, I don't know much about Pinterest, but I know to go there. <laughs> I know to go up there and look for DIY projects that I'll never do. Anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you next week. I don't really like gravy. I just want to say that. You really don't like grits either, so I'm really questioning how southern you are. Gravy's okay. Like, you even said that, like, you don't have to like grits.